Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon, and on this podcast, we will be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the perspective of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, healers, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Hello and welcome to Third Eye Science. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to share a few of my offerings that are coming up this month in September. The first is a six-week class series. We'll start on September 12th and we'll go through October 17th. These are my Monday evening classes on Soul Tribe Online. They This series is, has a theme called harmonic structure, harmonic structure. And as we settle into this early autumn Virgo and Libra season, we're invited to reorganize and harmonize. This series will help restructure your energy to create more freedom, ease, and harmony as we approach eclipse season, which is October, November. With each breath, sound, and movement that we make, we send out an energetic signature. In this series, we're going to engage in practices that leverage your willingness to play with these energies and build a foundation that is more balanced, activated, and luminous. So you can join Soul Tribe online at a link below in the show notes, or you can find all of my offerings on thirdeyescience.com. As always with these classes, I record everything and put it up on the class archive so you can um, really, you don't have to be there live, although I love it when people come to the class live. It's 5.30 p.m., Pacific on Monday evenings. Um, but if that time doesn't work for you, you can do it anytime. I put the class up on the archive right away, right after the class. And it's really available to you for as long as you're on Soul Tribe. So if you are interested, we also have a 10 day free trial. So come on on board and check it out. It's going to be a really fun, um, energizing harmonic series. I also wanted to mention that the next Third Eye Science Collective, which is essentially a group healing attunement activation session, um, will be on September 25th, which is a Sunday night. And that will be, we'll be working with the 
new moon in Libra energies. So that will really be again about harmony, balance, beauty, and um, really getting into our own physical, mental, emotional, and metaphysical bodies and balancing them all. So if you'd like to learn more, again, just scroll down the links in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. Again, that one is also recorded. So even if you can't be there live, it is available to you. You're held in the energy of the session, and then you will also receive a recording, which are great to listen to again and again. And finally, wanted to remind you all that I do hold one-on-one sessions. So if you feel called to work with me in a deeper way, I have 30-minute and one-hour-long sessions where we really can dive deep into opening, unlocking your intuitive gifts and connecting you with your guides. These sessions are really guided by your guides and your higher self, working with my guides and my higher self. And if you are feeling stuck and ready to uncover your gifts and find your truth, That really is my mission to help others find balance between their spiritual and logical sides and realize that these two aspects work better together as a collaborative experience. I find that clarity in the chaos can come through opening your third eye and unlocking your intuitive gifts. So please do join me. I work with Reiki, other um, energetic attunements, crystals as well, and they're all remote on Zoom. So check it out if you are intrigued. And if you have questions, feel free to let me know. And you can find all of that information on thirdeyescience.com. Now, enjoy the episode. Good morning or afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to Third Eye Science. It's a Sunday morning here and it's raining. The rain is such an exciting and magnificent thing when you live in California. So especially in September. I honestly, I can't remember if I've ever witnessed it raining in September. 
I've lived here 20 years, I more than 20 years, probably going on 25 years. And it feels very cleansing. You might know what I mean by that. Just this, it's like a shower for our, <laughs> the collective, for our energy, for our earth. It feels so refreshing, renewal. And here we are in the fall when we're kind of going into this time of decay next this week um, is the equinox. So it's really a good time to be thinking about contemplating how you're shifting your energy, how your life naturally shifts and changes with the energy. And I think often in our modern society, we don't shift at all. And we certainly don't shift in a way that are that aligns with nature. As we go through our seasons, we, in fact, we get busiest in the winter when it's the holiday season, right? And that is a time when really, what we what nature would dictate is that we're kind of in a little bit of a hibernation time where we're taking it easy, slowing down, sleeping more, these longer nights, shorter days. And what I want to talk about today is really is related to that. It's this whole addiction conditioning programming that we have culturally around being busy. <laughs> and maybe even allow yourself to feel what what was your body's reaction to me saying that? busy. I'm so busy. (laughs) This is something we say, and I have been really observing myself because I don't want to be that person that's always talking about how busy I am. (laughs) I'm a yogi. I should not be talking about how busy I am, right? (laughs) And I'm laughing because it's also so funny that I'm judging myself at all, right? Like that is not very yogic of me. Um, And this is something I've been contemplating for quite some time, probably the last year, I don't know, for what feels like, I mean, right now, doesn't everything I was thinking about the lion's gate was in August, which was really just about one month ago. And it feels like a lifetime ago because I did a special, um, a special event with two of the women, my colleagues on soul tribe online. And I was thinking about how I hadn't seen them since then. And it feels like really long time ago and it's a month. 
So as I'm sure you can all relate and how COVID this whole pandemic time has felt like time is kind of stretching in weird ways that we're not used to, which is interesting. It's really interesting because time and space, you know, as I talk about on the quantum level, we perceive time in a way here in this dimension that it doesn't exist in the, in the same way in other dimensions. And so what if we think of time as malleable? So coming back to this busyness, <laughs> and I, I posed this question to myself and I posed it to a friend who I think got kind of offended. <laughs> um, mostly because I was contemplating it for myself, but she and I were talking about how busy we were at work. And I posed this, so I pose it to you. Are you really busy or are you just addicted to being busy? And our initial reaction, of course, is like, well, no, I have all these things to do on my list. And I have whatever, you may have a family, you may have all of these people that depend on you. Or perhaps you're a healthcare professional, and you're literally given 15 minute slots by the freaking insurance companies. And the whole medical industrial complex that we currently call healthcare and you're not allowed to really sit with your patients. Hopefully, you know, I know that's changing in some places, but it's a real issue where people can't sit and really listen to what's going on with the people that they're trying to care for. So those of us in these like regular jobs, I guess I don't have a regular job on the, in the grand scheme of things as a marine biologist and science communicator. But the truth is I spend the majority of my time sitting in front of my computer, reading emails, replying to emails and on zoom, just like the rest of you. People think marine biologists are out swimming with dolphins all the time. (laughs) Or out in the very least, out on a boat getting wet. (laughs) Which is funny because I've had times in my career where I have spent a ton of time on boats. And the way, because of my work as a deep sea biologist, my entire time almost like, 90% of the time I'm at sea, I'm in a dark room looking at a video screen and a a computer screen because we're flying remotely operated vehicles, uh, not human occupied robots, submersibles that can go in the deep. And then we have these high definition now 4K cameras that show us exactly what we're looking at. And that's how we share all this amazing video 
with the world of these deep sea habitats and animals. Anyway, (laughs) that's all to say that I had this epiphany. I think I mentioned, oh yeah, because last week, my, or last episode was about what is your pain telling you? (laughs) And it was very personal because I was having this back pain and I've really been contemplating like, what is this all about? And I, I wound up, as I mentioned in that episode, I took a couple of days, sick days, which I haven't done in many, many, many years. And that was what started to make me feel better. And then I, you know, was feeling better and better. And then I had a week off last week, the, the, um, Labor Day week, we had a couple of holidays. So I took the entire week off and I was really, I had that in my mind, like, okay, I just got to get to that first week of September and and then I can have a nice week to relax, which also, by the way, (laughs) staycations, Uh, For me, they still feel remarkable. I haven't really gone anywhere in a long time, and I haven't felt called to go anywhere. Um, And yeah, the last week off that I had was last Christmas, and I didn't go back east, which I had planned to, and I canceled at the last minute. And my whole family got COVID. So... I was home alone, but I had a really relaxing, wonderful week while they all got COVID, which, and they're all, they're all okay. They were, no one had it in a major way. Um, But my point is giving yourself a week off. And I know I'm incredibly privileged to be able to do this and not go anywhere is, and not necessarily do anything. Like I did, you know, I did stuff here and there. I had um, some social things. I had lots. I also did some workshops. These are the things I love to do. So I did lots of meditation workshops. Anyway, getting back to this whole business, busyness thing. So I spent a week not being busy, really luxuriating in it, loving it. And then what do you know, on Friday, my back starts hurting again. And while it's easy to say to like pinpoint, well, I did Thursday, I tried this weight, you know, weightlifting thing that I hadn't done. And it's like kind of was my old standard And I know exactly which move probably tweaked it. But on a more, you know, emotional and existential level, like what is my body telling me? It seemed pretty obvious and I didn't even want to admit it. Like, oh, my body is not happy that I'm going back to work on Monday, right? And I saw the chiropractor, um, on Wednesday later that week, I made a midweek appointment, which I hadn't ever made the like, I often 
it's just really hard for me to to be able to do that because of my set my schedule at work. And I just decided, no, this is a priority. I'm going to do it. And I went and she said, you know, exactly what I had been, but she said it out loud and it, and it made me like, oh, I have to really look at this. She's like, okay, I hope you don't take any offense here, but what if this is the idiot light (laughs) telling you something about your work, right? And just like an idiot light on the car. Why is it called that? That's actually not what it's called, right? (laughs) Indicator light. (laughs) But it's like my body going, "Er, er, er," like a little alarm saying like something's not working here. And I was like, well, great. Sure. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. My body is like, Work is stressing me out. (laughs) And here I am, a yogi who spends lots of time meditating and also teaching (laughs) and, and doing sessions with people and mentoring and all of these things. And here I am still struggling with this balance between work life. I don't even have, you know, a family. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I have it way easier in so many ways than the average woman, certainly my age. And so, you know, I've really been contemplating in that that and this this past week while I did all these was like an inner child workshop and, um, you know, really looking at the traumas, um, little T and big T traumas that have happened in my childhood and have impacted my whole life. And then, you know, it really gets you thinking about, well, what did I, what was I conditioned to, to be like, to do, to act like as an adult And we have our cultural conditioning and we also have familial conditioning. And one of the things that I realized throughout that process was like, yeah, I was definitely, it was modeled and I was even told in not so many ways, like not so subtle ways that you have to work hard to succeed. You have to hustle And your value is a direct measurement of that. And you may be like, well, yeah, of course, that's true. And I would like to (laughs) raise the um, indicator light. (laughs) If you automatically thought that was true, maybe it's time to revisit this within yourself as well, because what I know through my spiritual work, awareness, connections, is that our value is innate. We are valued for who we are. It has nothing to do with what you do. Yes, there are Many things we do in life that are helping 
you know, that are being of service, there are philanthropists, there are your work is important. I'm not saying that you need to just sit around and meditate and emit energy. Although, man, I wish I could do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when you are creating, when you are in your authenticity, when you are really doing what your mission was, what your soul set out for you to do, it is easy. And that's not to say that you aren't doing things and working hard, but you're not having to hustle. It flows. It's easy. It works. So what I realized, I had this epiphany after I had that, the chiropractor appointment and she said, and I I remember driving home and just being like, well, what the hell am I going to do? Like, I'm not financially prepared to quit my job, you know? I'm setting myself up to retire early so that I can then do this second career essentially as a yoga, you know, teacher, energy worker, healer, mentor, coach, whatever. That is what I, that's my plan, but that's still quite a few years away. And so I was like, great, what is you know, like, uh, what am I going to do? What, like, I would have to sell my house. You know, I even went there. Like, I guess I could sell my house and then move somewhere cheaper. And then I would have a bunch of money in the bank. And then I could start this new thing. And then I rushed home because, of course, it was the middle of the day and I had another Zoom meeting. <laughs> And in that meeting is when I had this epiphany. I just was like kind of over it, right? Like kind of over, I was there, but I was also like having all this happening in the background. And my boss was talking about something that is happening and, you know, planning that we can do. And I just was like, I had a perspective that no one else in the meeting had because of my experience and my expertise. And I just shared it. And it was super like, just real talk, like, here's the situation. This never happens. You know, these things are not going to line up. This, in my experience, this takes a really long time, blah, blah, blah. You know, I won't get into the details. And And I just, you know, I kind of left it there and it helped her because she has much less time at this organization than I do. It helped. And even though she is on the management team, like she just did not have the background information that I had. And it made me realize later that day, I was like, my value in my job is is my innate perspective you know my perspective and my experience 
I don't need to prove myself because then I had another meeting with her later. Sorry. Someone in the neighborhood. There we go. <laughs> um, her, she, I had a one-on-one meeting with her later that day. And she said that was so helpful because I even, part of me was like, was I too blunt? Was I, you know, I was second guessing myself a little bit. She was like, no, I, that was so helpful. It helped me reframe everything. And I was like, yeah. And that was when I realized I don't need to prove myself to her or anyone else. Like she already values me. (laughs) And that may seem obvious. Like she hired me. She promoted me into this position. I have regular meetings with her. She knows what I'm doing. She gives me good feedback. She gives me promotions. She gives me raises, like all of the things. So why in the hell am I still feeling like I got to hustle and prove myself to her? And it is coming back to this childhood and, and just cultural. This is my dad was somebody that was really hard to um, get validation from, approval from. He just, and it's not, I'm, I'm sure looking back, I can probably, he probably did totally, he was incredibly proud of me but he just didn't show it in a way that I needed it in that at that time, you know, as a kid. But I can look back and know that he did. And he certainly supported me in a ton of ways. But I definitely started this like, okay, I got to hustle. I got to be really productive. I have to work hard, and that is how I will be successful. Also, both of my parents didn't particularly like their jobs, from what I could tell. So they had the kind of jobs where they were like working to put money, you know, to put food on the table, to take care of their family. They worked really hard. They had these long commutes, they left before we even woke up when when we were teenagers. Like they were out of the house before we even got up for school because they had this long commute. And then they'd come home and like my mom would show up in her work clothes to see my tennis match, you know, because she was literally just coming straight from work. So yeah, it it's it's really interesting to think like I'm just so addicted to being busy. So, okay. Yeah. So we have but you say I hear I hear your um <laughs> protest. <laughs> You're protesting um because I had it too. But I really am busy. Like look at my Look at my to-do list at work. But here's the thing. You are the one 
who is stressing yourself out. I pretty much guarantee your boss or anyone else who has expectations of you is not standing over your shoulder all day, making you feel this way. (laughs) You are doing it to yourself. And I say this as someone who is doing it to myself. I really, that was the epiphany. It was like, I, I don't, my body isn't telling me I have to quit my job. My body is telling me the way I'm working isn't working for me anymore. The way I'm working. And as I said, I've been contemplating how to bring this yogi self. I wake up every morning and spend at least one hour <laughs> meditating, communing with my soul, sometimes two hours, you know, and then, and then I go to work and kind of leave that. It's, and that's not entirely true, but to, to a big extent, it does feel that way. And, and what I've been contemplating for a long time is, is how to merge those things, how to bring this peaceful, serene, wise, intuitive self into my work. And I do in some ways, but I do think I can, I can make that more seamless (laughs) and it's a process. And I say this as someone who is literally, you know, has been meditating every single day for at least five years. I know tons of people who've done it way, way longer, I'm just scratching the surface. And this is not to make you feel like, oh gosh, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) It's just that it's a process like you're going to have to do this work, this self-inquiry, self-awareness. The sooner you start, the better off your life will be. And so back to the busyness, what can I do to allow that stress to dissipate? And it, you know what it is, is really get strong with priorities, boundaries, like I'm going to work eight or nine hours, whatever it is, however many hours you work in a day, this is how many hours I'm working and I'm not taking this home with me. And if I work from home, I am turning off the computer and done for the day and not checking email, right? That is how you create boundaries between life and work, And you make it clear to the people around you, if we say yes to this, it means no to what? What what gets dropped? That is what's required of this. And it takes a very strong leader to be able to do that. And you, you know, you may not be in a position, you may get pushback from your, from your boss, in which case maybe it's not the right place for you. But the other thing that I experienced (laughs) 
was that, which confirmed this for me that I was doing it to myself was that in that same meeting where my boss told me like that was really valuable, what, you know, your perspective really helped me reframe things. She also, when I told her we need to stop saying yes to these things, you know, X, a specific thing. And and I, I actually said, I think we should not do any more of them this year. And she said, okay. <laughs> she did not push back. And she said, and if I suggest it, remind me. Like she's even aware that she's doing it to some extent too. So, you know, don't assume that the people around you are actually have the expectations that you have of yourself. We can create conversations. So this is another one that we do. I'm sure, I am certain you have all experienced this at some point in your life. You have an imaginary conversation (laughs) with the person based on literally nothing, like you are just making up how they're going to react to the thing you're going to tell them. (laughs) Why do we do that to ourselves? Disengage, disengage. This is where the mind training, you know, the the meditation is really going to help us in the rest of our lives because we become an observer. So I I have I see it. I see it in myself. That's why I'm saying this. And I am committed, devoted even to continue to observe these things in myself and that that is how I will begin to create new behaviors, new reactions, new thought processes, and really to completely disengage from that manic, stressful energy. So I kind of had this level of letting go that felt really good, but I know it's a process that I'm going to have to continue There was this summer, there was this whole thing about quiet quitting. Did I talk about this yet? I don't think so. And I was like, I didn't really know. It was kind of just things I was seeing on social, but I hadn't really read anything about it. And then I saw a post about it and I was like, wait a minute, quiet quitting is actually not about quitting. Like I thought it was about quitting and not telling anyone or something, but it was actually, it's about coasting basically like not working so hard for the summer. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like a really healthy thing that people are doing. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't be killing ourselves because the, you know, the friend that I was talking to was having the same kind of thing. She was having real physical issues that her body was telling her work is not working for her. And they were completely different than mine. But it was obvious to her too, you know, she was, she's struggling and contemplating all of these things too. She just doesn't have necessarily the same perspective that I do. 
So, you know, it's really as simple as getting from that thing that you know intellectually. There are many things we know intellectually, but we're not truly embodying, right? So how do we do that? We commit. We have to essentially create We have to create new neural pathways in our brain because our bodies, our brain is used to doing things a certain way and we become addicted to it. In some ways, I was just reading, yeah, I was reading in the Tony Robbins Life Force book that we begin to become addicted to the stress because we get a dopamine hit when we're stressed. We get that cortisol and then we get the dopamine and it's like you start to get addicted to it and you're creating these patternings, patterns. And so you have to recreate, reestablish, and that involves disengaging from that old behavior and creating new behaviors. So what is the new behavior? It can't be like, okay, I'm going to just sit around and watch TV to relax or I'm going to scroll on, on Instagram or Twitter. Like that's not the solution. But that is often what people in our society do. Like, oh, I need a break. I need to just numb out a little bit. And so... I would suggest really looking deeply in. There are many resources, many workshops. Look up Inner Child. The one that I'm doing is with To Be Magnetic, Lacey Phillips. Um, and what I like about her work is that she's also gives you a process for reprogramming neurally, like in your brain. And then you take a line to action and you do a ton of journaling. Like you may, you have to make commitments to yourself. But, you know, if you didn't want to do something like that or have, you know, I'll also say all of my offerings, my classes, my workshops, my one-on-one sessions will really help you connect with yourself in a new in a new way, I would say. You know, it's not going to solve all your problems. And I'm not doing the healing for you. I am helping you empower you empower you to really look within and do the healing and connect with your guides and connect with your higher self. So, you know, there's many ways. Uh, Also therapy and any kind of community groups, you know, self-help. I hate the, the, the word self-help actually that genre, you know, it's like, I don't know, it has this negative connotation, but why, why does it? Self-care, self-love, it's like so 
talked about on social and the wellness circles, but it really is all about that. Like we have to take care of ourselves. I'm really, uh, also I'm doing this group thing with some of the women on soul tribe. It's part of the gene keys, uh, program. It's called the Delta. And it's this group where we each week, we get together and then we we each have a position and each position has a specific focus that week. And the one I'm on this week, this is the first week, was selflessness. And here I am, you know, doing all this contemplation about myself and how I operate in the world. But the truth is, and he even said this, you know, in the supporting documentation around it is it's it's so important that we give to ourselves and do our self healing self love so that we can overflow and give to others and i guess that's what i'm doing here is sharing these contemplations with you so that you can really see how it fits in with your life. And know that it's a process and we don't have to judge ourselves for where we are, when we started, how old we are. None of it matters. You are on, on a, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things your age is meaningless. You are an eternal being. Eternal. Infinite. Limitless. This life, yes, is finite. In this body, in this incarnation. And you will continue on and you are all what the work you're doing here in this life will inform all the rest of the work you do in the past, present, future. On a quantum level, we're simultaneous, we're, we're multidimensional beings have a, having a simultaneous experience. That's something that Julie Pyatt Srimati says. And I really believe that, or I, I don't know if I believe it. I, I feel that to be true. I know it in my soul. And there is so much more. That's, that's another thing that I think is important to mention that like on the grand scheme of things, if you don't write this email by the end of the day on Monday, is the world going to stop turning? No. Is your organization or place of work going to stop working and making money? No. Is your boss going to notice? Probably not. (laughs) So 
Give yourself a break. Stop this addictive process of hustling and needing validation and acknowledgement. You are innately valued, loved, and so vital to our evolution as a, as humanity just by being you that's all you need to do and each day do the thing that you the thing in front of you that's all that needs to you don't have to think 2 weeks 2 months 2 years in advance you can think about what you need to do today. And then give yourself a break if you don't get it all done. It's okay. And then after work, spend some time with yourself and with people you love because that is what energizes us. Really getting clear on what you need is the most important thing you can do. What do you need to feel energized? And do that thing. I hope that gives you some food for thought. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, follow wherever you listen. It really is helpful for us to share this with more and more people. If you found some value in this episode, please share it with someone you love or even just someone you know. Thank you all. Love you. Satnam Namaste.